So hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired to Try. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Ely, and next year I turn 50. And to distract myself from this fact, I've started training for my second half Ironman next May. And I've been very, very lucky that today I have another fantastic guest in uh, Kerry Jacobson. Uh, so Kerry, hello and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. I appreciate it. No, not at all. It's so, it's so nice. So many people have reached out. It's really, really lovely. So thank you very much. Um, so it's a very newish podcast. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, who you are, what your triathlon experience is, how many years you've raced for, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so like you said, it's Carrie Jacobson. I am located in Maryland um, in the United States. I am a business owner. I'm an attorney and mediator. Um, my first triathlon was in 2010. Um, and I did several sprints, a couple of Olympics, and I did one half Ironman. Um, I've taken quite a few years off, um, but just got a new bike and am planning to train for this coming year. Oh, nice. So I, I love my bicycles. I am, I get very, <laughs> I get very distracted. It is my one passion. I was okay. dating a girl and I was walking along the street. She turned around, I'd gone because I was staring at someone's bicycle. So what bicycle did you get? Um, I honestly haven't even opened it. My husband got it for me for Christmas. It's a specialized, uh, because I mentioned I was going to do another try this year. He got me a bike. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. He sounds like an amazing human being for doing that. So he is also a triathlete. So he totally understands. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And so you've mentioned there that you did some sprints and, a, and, uh, and couple of Olympics, so what kind of got you into your triathlon journey? What was your first race? What made you keep doing it? Yep. Um, so my husband is honestly the reason. I started running, and I've been running for years. Um, while I was in law school, he started doing triathlons because I was working during the day and going to school at night, and he needed a hobby. So right. he started tra training for triathlon. And then once I was basically finished up with law school, um, I decided to join him in racing. Um, we have a local triathlon club. And so we joined that. Um, I had to learn how to swim because I did not learn how to swim as a child. So I took several swim classes um, so that I could quit holding my nose <laughs> and then learned how to swim in open water. Um, the running was not necessarily an issue. The biking was not really a problem. It was figuring out how to get through the swim. <laughs> yeah. For, for so many people, I found yeah. that. Um, yeah. And, and it's very similar to myself. I, I used to swim as a child um, and thought I was really good until as an adult, I got in the pool and realized that actually I wasn't. So very yeah. similarly, I had to take lessons before my race again. Yeah. What do you... I, through the course of my it took me two years to, to from deciding to start and do a, a race to actually racing um, and in that two years I learned a lot about myself what what have you learned about yourself in doing triathlon and doing the Ironman particularly um well I I would like to say that I've done an Ironman I've only done a half oh. um, <laughs> um 
really that we can do hard things that, you know, you it just, you just got to put in the training and you can do hard things. And it's a lot more fun when you're doing it with other people. Um, training with other people makes it a lot easier for sure. No, definitely. And especially on the cold days, I don't know what the weather's like in Maryland in, in London, it gets dark and cold. It is dark and cold. It was 20 Fahrenheit this morning when I ran, but honestly, I prefer cold. I don't love that. I don't love racing in the heat. Um, I don't yeah. love running in the heat. <laughs> so for running, I prefer the cold. Um, I do not love swimming in the cold. <laughs> I had the last triathlon that I did was in the mid fifties Fahrenheit for the swim. Wow. And it was all that I could do to get through that, to get yeah. through those sweat parts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you're right. It is when it's, when it's cold, it's horrid. And I, I try and actually race in Europe. So I train in, in mm -hmm. England where it's horrible and cold. And then I race in Europe where the water's a lot warmer. So it's, it feels a lot better. Yes. Right. <laughs> now you mentioned in, in, um, um the messages that we've been we've been talking about that you've actually you and your husband have now inspired your children to start racing and and yeah. doing it in triathlon which is fantastic i think that's amazing what advice did you give to your children to to start racing and what what inspired them do you know you know what kind of got them yeah. into it i think just seeing us doing it um honestly so, so they've been around us since i did my my first half ironman and my husband's I guess it was his second full um our son was nine months old right. so he's been around it ever since you know he was born so he was able to do his first we have a couple of local ones here in Maryland okay. um I think he was six when he did his first race wow. um and then he did it a couple of years now it kind of um is interrupted by his uh, sleepaway camp. So he hasn't done it for the right. last couple of years. My daughter, um, she just did her, this was her first season this past year. Okay. She did two races and she won her age group for both. Oh, so that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and she joined the local, um, they're starting a kids triathlon club. And so she's start was a part of that and is actually going to be, um, training with them again this coming year. Oh, that's fantastic. It's so nice. I, I I get blown away when uh I hear about how kind of sports and, and things are helping younger people to kind mm -hmm. of get into it. Because what I've discovered with a lot of triathlons is that it's very much become an older person's yes. sport. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to get people in at the, at the younger age, which is lovely. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I know. I feel like um you know, the older people have a more time and be more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, we, my husband and I used to joke that he was going to have to be, you know, 70 or 80 before he can even get to the highest like <laughs> ratings because everybody keeps getting faster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? Everyone <laughs> does get faster, unfortunately. Um, so you and your, you and your husband both race. How yep. does that work? I, I remember I worked with a lady and she she said that her and her husband raced. They didn't have children, but her and her husband raced. And it was one would race one year and the other mm -hmm. would look after the house and then the other would race the next year. So they had to kind of take it in turns to race. How does it work with, with yourselves? Yeah, so it's been a while, but similar. 
Um, because especially for long distance races, yeah. for those long distance races, we really do kind of have to, um, pick a season and to kind of go that way. So he is actually training, um, or about to start training for the big Sur marathon, which will okay. be the end of April. Um, I'm not planning to do long distance for this coming season. So I should be okay. Um, and now I feel like, you know, so much of it can be done close to home and while the kids are away. So, yeah. Ah, nice. So, and, and that's kind of how that you, you've managed that as a couple, right? Is that it's kind of, you can do long season, I'll do short season and, right. and then vice versa the next year. Yeah. yeah. And maybe on the weekends, one person gets the long day, the other person gets the short day and we switch it off. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, cause it does take up, it's such a time consuming yeah. hobby, right? So yeah. yeah excellent. So one of the, the, the hardest things, I mean, I, I learned so many lessons. Right. But it's a multi-sport. So there's mm-hmm. going to be best advice for the swim, best advice for the run, best advice for the cycle, best advice for transition, for nutrition. But <laughs> if I say to you, you're only allowed to give one piece of advice, what would be the piece of advice that you would give to a newbie or someone like me who hasn't done one for seven years? Just that one bit of advice. Um. If you have a local triathlon club to join that, because then you're surrounding yourself with other people who do it and can give you that specific advice for each thing. Um, and you have training partners built in. Um, that was one of the things that I enjoyed most when I was training before is having that group of people um, that I could learn from. Yeah. And it's, it's so important. I remember uh, I, I got some fantastic advice from them, which I completely ignored, but that's just because <laughs> that's who I am. Um, but you're right. It was, it was, it was simple things, you know, like make sure that you're, 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 you don't do an Ironman as your first race. Yeah, I did that. And make sure you, 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 you have six months of open water swimming. Yeah, I didn't do that. So, but you're right. It, they, there's, there's so much good advice out there and, and it's really helpful to have it in that, um, in, in that club. Um, so you've raced quite a lot. Um, what would you say was your favorite race and why? Hmm. So locally we had something called the iron girl. Um, and it doesn't exist anymore, but basically it was a women's only, not quite sprint, but not quite Olympic. It was kind of in between those distances. Um, and it was a lovely, opportunity for women of all abilities ages sizes to come together and try the sport of triathlon um it was lovely to see all of the um like support out there for them yeah yeah it's a it's a a fantastic i find i find it is a fantastic um support network within the Mm -hmm. triathlon um but that's really interesting that they don't do iron girl anymore they do apparently i found out that now um the kona world championships are split to male and female so i guess that's kind of similar to the iron girl or or anything like that i suppose except that those are the generally the The very elites (laughs) yeah yeah very true yeah i wonder maybe they'll do that as as some of the the lower events as well interesting don't know question for them maybe um excellent and and we talked there i mentioned there that the, the triathlon community is 
quite famously friendly until race day, obviously. <laughs> um, have you met anyone or is there anyone that you've kind of worked with that's kind of left you awestruck that you've been like, wow. I'm always awestruck by how, how much people can do. Right. Um, and those that are at a higher level than I am. Um, and I guess I am most inspired by people who are older and that just keep going and continue to do it year after year. Um, I know, you know, for years we watched the um, world championship and they would always um, show the 80 year old, you know, walking, but, but finishes, you know, those are the most inspiring to me. Yeah. And it's so true. I I remember reading a story of an, uh, uh, an 80 year old nun who mm-hmm. was doing yeah. was doing those, and you looked at her and you just went, "There's no way she's eighty. No way. She just looked amazing and was so just just so fit and focused on it." And yeah. and you're right. And I think I think I saw a, an event where there was a 92 year old Japanese guy crossing the line, and you're right on his hands and knees, but he crossed the line. So right. it is. It's it's an amazing thing, and and it's an incredible thing that our bodies can do for us. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm. I don't show the the video. I only do the audio when we do this podcast. But I can see there's a medal hanging up on your wall. Yeah. So is that your is that your Ironman medal? Is that a different medal? What's that for? That is the Run for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, medal. okay. Wow. So after she passed, there was a virtual 5K. Um, oh. So I've got my medal that says Run for Ruth on it, and right. then I also I'm a I'm an attorney. And when I was in law school, um, I was inducted into a law fraternity called Phi Alpha Delta. And I have a picture of that induction with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's like your Ruth wall almost. That's my Ruth wall. (laughs) Wonderful. Oh, that's really lovely. And then what about your Ironman medal? Does that have pride of place? Do you, as a family, do you have like a wall full of medals or how does that work? Um, so I'm in my basement on the other side of our basement. We do have a wall um, and it's got all of the metal cases. So we have triathlon case. We have running cases. Each of the kids have a case um, that they are starting to add to. So, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I I, I always find my, my medal has pride of place, but it's it's on my wardrobe so that every morning I wake up and I look at that medal. And if I think to myself, no, I can't that reminds me that yes I can so it's beautiful I love the fact that people uh, store their medals in a different way yeah um so with with that then a lot of people um get tattoos for doing triathlon have you or your husband ever got any uh and how would you feel if your kids wanted one um we have not Though if I did an Ironman, I very may, I very might. <laughs> he, he has done three fulls, but did not get a tattoo. Um, yeah. If our kids did, I would totally be okay with it. Totally be okay. I've uh, seen some really amazing ones. <laughs> there are, there are some incredible ones out there. I was, I was talking to someone before and I said to them, would you do like, would you get an M dot? Mm-hmm. And she said to me, she went, well, I consider that to be more like a brand as opposed right. to things. So it's, it would be like having Walmart tattooed on your <laughs> arm or something. Right. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, I won't do that. 
but <laughs> that's awesome. So you uh, you mentioned that you're an attorney um, and you also, I believe, run or have your own business. That is that to do with triathlon? Tell us a bit about what you do as your private business. Yeah, so I have a law practice here in Maryland. Um, we are a family law practice, so we do divorce, custody, um, pre and post-nuptial agreements, and estate planning for folks. Um, and we help them resolve those issues outside of court. And I've had the practice for nearly nine years. Um, and so that that is my primary job. Excellent. And that's that's really funny. I I I'm a, a hypnotherapist, and I work mm -hmm. with people to help with confidence. Mm -hmm. And some of that, I found that um, a, a chance conversation. I was talking to a family solicitor, and they said to me, "I feel like a therapist." You know, Absolutely. A, a lot of what I do, yeah, right, because yep. you're there and you're having to deal with all of the stuff that people are coming to you with, and it and it just made me realize that it's really important that. I, I said to her, you need to make sure you're looking after yourself as well, because, you know, therapists know that you have to have therapy. But sometimes when you're doing something else, it might not work that way. And it, and it can be quite a difficult family law can be really difficult because it's really emotional, isn't it? It absolutely is. Um, fortunately, the clientele that we primarily work with are lower conflict and are looking for amicable resolutions um, and are very child focused. So that has taken a lot of the um, high anxiety pressure away. Yeah. Uh, the, and that was purposeful because, you know, in doing the litigation, I, it was A, not great for families and B, not great for our mental health. So yeah. um, it's a way to stay in that world without it taking over. Yeah, no, that and that's I think that's really, really important. And I remember a story that my uncle told me that when he was going through his issues with his partner, he said he spent something like four hundred and fifty pounds in legal fees mm -hmm. arguing over a sixty pound cabinet. Yeah. Um, and it, it just just because it became this matter of principle. So yeah. Absolutely. And how can people find you if people want to talk to you and, and reach out for your services? What's the best way that they can make contact with you? Absolutely. Um, actually, through our website, we have lots of information as well as contact information and consultations that people can schedule. And that is Jacobson, J-A-C-O-B-S-O-N, familylaw.com. Excellent. Excellent. All uh, right. Kerry, it's been a genuine pleasure. It's been quick. It's been really quick. And I love that because I, I think of these podcasts as being kind of like um, something you can listen to while you're on your turbo trainer, right? So um, that's that's really lovely. Uh, it's been a genuine pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, have a wonderful day. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Thank you for having me. So what did I learn from speaking with Carrie? Well, there were, like with everybody, several things. Firstly, relationships can not only survive on an Ironman journey, but thrive. And if you're lucky, you'll get your next generation hooked as well 
Um, our bodies can do hard things. We can go further than our minds think we can. And that support is really, really important, whether that be family or whether that be a triathlon club. So thank you to Kerry Jacobson. And if you're in the US and you're looking for a family legal representation, reach out, take care and catch me on the next episode of Inspired to Try.